Good morning. Can we just pray together? Father in heaven, thank you for this revelation song that we acknowledge when you are revealed to us that our whole world changes, that we recognize your sovereignty, we recognize your grace, we recognize your love in our lives, and we are never the same when we are touched by the hand of God. And we pray this morning that we, through your word, will indeed be touched by God and recognize the importance of all that we are learning as we ponder the questions that matter in our life the most. So, Lord, we thank you again, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome. Nice to have you here on this uh, beautiful uh, September morning. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're in the second part of our series, What If? Um, when we ask the questions that matter, if you were here last week, you know, we, we, said, we said this about the what if uh, question. Whenever we ask what if in our lives, it usually surrounds itself around two circumstances in our life. Uh, how many of us have asked what if when we look past, when we look at the things that have happened in our lives with, with this tinge of regret, and we say, what if I hadn't done that? What if I was uh, a little bit more financially responsible? What if, you know, I, I didn't date that person? What if, you know, all, all, those, all those great questions that, that swirl in our minds when, when we're talking about regret, right? And the other time we talk about what, when we pose the what if question is when we're looking at future possibilities. Now, that's good and bad too, right? Because how many of us, you know, w- would love at that moment in time if we could have a little bit of the future unfold for us? And if we said, what if I stepped out in faith and did this? How many of us would go, you know, God, could you just give me a little picture of what it's going to look like? And, and maybe it'd be easier for me, you know, when, when I ask that what if question, you know, um, when we consider those possibilities. And how many of us, when we ask the what if question, when it comes to those future things, allow fear to kind of um, become part of the equation, right? What if I, uh, you know, leave home, go, go to school, um, you know, how am I going to support myself? I'm going to do this. What, what if we uh, extend ourselves and buy this house? What if we, you know, uh, take this job far, far away? And what if I leave my family? All, all of those big questions that happen. But, but many times we allow our fear, right, to kind of predict what the future may hold for us. So the what if question for many of us is, is, is a big, I know in our life group, it was, it was a, it was a big, obviously a big question mark. And we got to the whole God's will in my life. And, you know, if you're a believer here this morning, you're going to, you're going to wrestle with the what if question, because that's the big looming question that happens for everybody, right? It's like, what if, and then you put the God equation in there, right? Is, 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 is God going to give me a sign or, or give me some direction or, or, or give, me a, give me something in order to make me feel like if I make this decision, it's going to be the right decision to make? You know, and, and we, said, we, we, we said last week, too, that, that for many of us, when it comes to the what if question, it usually swirls around three major areas in our lives. And, and, I, and, and we said last week, happiness is a big one. You know, how many of us uh, ask the what-if question 
uh, when it comes to happiness. Am I going to be happier if I do this? Most of us, that's the buzzword nowadays. We all want to be happy. We all, all, all want to measure our lives to the degree in which we feel happy. However, however we want to define that. And you know, for, for, for Christians, I know that's a big problem when, we, when we, we center our lives around happiness because that's fraught with so many problems. But the reality is, is it's, it's, it's a valid question that many people today are asking. We want to measure our lives by the way we feel. Am I happy? Am I content in this, in this particular thing? So it's, it's, it's how I experience life. The second thing is our significance. Who am I? Am I, am I important? Um, am, I, am, I, uh, you know, am I comfortable with who God made me? Do I wish I was ever something different? Right? And, and our own personal significance is one of those areas that we really struggle with. Right? And the third area is, is our purpose. Right? And is, is, is what I do valuable? Is, is, you know, am I going to leave a legacy? Am I going to be remembered? You know, is, is my life going to mean something at the very end? And all of us, all of us in, in one way or another, struggle in those, in those three arenas of life. Right? And, and what if becomes a big, big question. Right, so I want to I want to ponder uh, a question this morning as we kind of start and get into the content that I want to look at this morning. And and the what if question that I want to pose to all of you is: What if life, what if life, is really nothing more than a test? What if all of life is nothing more? than the test for the final exam. What if all of our experiences, everything about life is, is you know, points to, you know, this, the big game, you know, like this is just the practice for the big game. What if life, uh, as we live it, is meant to teach us something far, far deeper than just the daily grind of getting up every day, going to work, don't, you know, doing all that kind of stuff that we do every day that, that, that drives for most of us our lives. And, and they, they become the priorities in our lives. But what if the priorities that we think about work, job, school, family, all that, is only meant to be something that points us to something far more significant, far deeper, far more important than we realize? What if? And I think that's a question that if we really wrestle with, you know, we'll change a lot of it. And, I, and I've said this many times. Your life right now, your life right now, is, is really the grand total of all the decisions you've made to date. If you, if, you, if you look at your life, you know, it's really a summation of all the major decisions that you have made to date. So making decisions about your life, asking those what-if questions, we, we're all there, we've all done it, and they're all very, very important. And uh, I, I want to, in light of that, in light of that, if all of life... Is, is, is pointing towards something significant. I think there's two questions that come up that we have to ask that are really important. We don't, we don't ask them maybe the same way as I'm going to present them here, but just hear me out because I think all of us uh, ask these two important life questions. The very first one is this. What do I worship? What do I worship? Now... You know, for a believer, you know, your, your, your first question, your first answer to that is going to be, you know, I, I, I worship Jesus Christ. Like that, that, that is God, you know, that, that is uh, the very easy answer. Now, for many of us, uh, um, the answer changes. You know, what if, 
what if really deep down inside you worship science, you know? What if? Uh, what if deep down inside you worship success, you know, getting more money, right? That's, that's how you live your life. That's, what, what if you uh, worship human intellect? What if you just say, you know, I don't need God. I don't, I don't need, you know, to be responsible to any God. I can live my life. I understand, you know, life is easy to live. I can manage, you know, I have the capability. Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I don't need anything else to get, get into my life to, to tell me how to live, right? Now, you might not say I don't worship myself or I don't worship, you know, uh, human intellect. I don't, you know, worship science or, or whatever. But when you get down deep, if that is your worldview, if that's, if that's what, what, you know, drives your whole existence, right? That is the essence of what you worship. That, what, you know, the place that God should have in your life is the very place that these other things take. So it's an important question. Not everybody would ever ask that question. But when you ask somebody, you know, what, what is the most important thing to your, in your life that, that bar anything? And how many of us would say family? Right? How many of us would say family? Not to the, to the degree that that's the, the, the big priority. I make every decision about life based on my family. Now, you know, the reality is that that's probably what you worship. That's probably what you worship, right? So it's a very, very important question because all our lives are driven by the very thing that we claim is the most important thing in our life, okay? So that's the very first question. Um, The second one is how do I love now, notice I didn't say, what do I love? Because what you love is, is the essence of worship. But depending on what you worship determines how you love, how you interact with people, right? What's how, you know, how you have those relationships. You know, if you are a person that's purely driven by success and you have, you have this need to succeed and, the, and need to make more money and all that stuff, you may love your family, but there's going to come times in your life where your family is going to get into, in the way of what you love. Okay? You know? And, and we've all seen it work, right? We've all seen it, you know, uh, happen. Uh, and, and we can point to people who say, and you can say, you know, I know that that's the priority in their lives, even though they, they say it's not. But, but you can see all their actions drive them to this, to this kind of place. Okay? Um, so those are really two important questions when it comes to life. Right? What do I worship? And, and, and in light of that, in light of what I worship, how do I love? How do I live my life? How do, I, how do I interact relationally with the people that I say I care about? How do I love? What's important? What, what am I willing to sacrifice for the people I care about? Or is there a point where I don't sacrifice because the thing I love is greater than the relationships I'm involved in? Okay? Heavy stuff, right? Okay? But we've all been there, and we've all witnessed others who have been there. And, and we've seen this totally unfold. So I want to take us in, 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 in a passage where um, Jesus kind of speaks to all this and, and, and how, he, how he summarizes it all is just extremely important. So 
Um, it's a little bit of a, of a detour the way Jesus does it, but I think it's brilliant, and I think when we get to the end of it, you're going to see this uh, just beautifully done. Um, in Matthew 6, as part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking to the people, talking and teaching his disciples, Jesus says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Okay? Really interesting question. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Wow. Let's keep going. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Now, I've got to tell you, I love this passage for the simple fact that Jesus recognizes the beauty of creation. You know, I, like, honestly, that is just amazing. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Let's keep going. So, so, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop right there, you know. Um, here's... Here's, here's the reason why I, I chose this particular topic and, and why I wanted to touch a little bit on, on worry today. Um, do you remember the passage we looked at last week? Yes. Can somebody just tell me what it was? Yeah. What would, what would it profit a person if, if they gain the whole world and yet lose their own so, and we talked about, you know, what is it that, that, that drives our lives, the motivation of our lives, and how we can forget that the most important thing to God is the condition of our soul and our relationship with him. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to throw this out there. How many of us, when it comes to the things that predominate our worry and predominate our anxiety, how many of us experience that the most with the things that we are chasing in life. Honestly, aren't those the areas of our lives, our, our, our job, our, our, our success, our, our money, aren't those the areas of our lives that we experience worry and anxiety the most? How many of you are worried about your relationship with God? But how many of you are worried about your relationship with someone in your life right now? How many of you are worried about your job? How many of you are worried about what's in the bank account right now? How many of you are worried about, you know, school this week and, and what's, what's going to transpire? Aren't those the things in our lives 
where our anxieties and our worries are the greatest. You know, the very things that we are changed. And yet, worry is this, is this, is this funny thing that happens in our heads, right? It, it, it's this funny thing that happens in our heads. I've, 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 heard, I've heard worry um, be, be um, compared to sitting in a rocking chair. You know, there's a lot of activity, a lot of, you know, energy, but you don't go anywhere, right? You know, and that's, and that's, and that's what worry, that's what worry does. Um, there's, there's, there's four, there's four things about worry that, that I want to highlight this morning. You know, what's wrong with worry, which, which is what makes this passage so, so timely when it comes to these, these what if questions. The very first thing is this, is it doesn't change anything. How many of you can honestly say, because I worried about this, it got better. <laughs> because I worried about this, it got fixed. Right? Because, because you know, uh, because I worried about this, the bags under my eyes disappeared. Right? How many, how many of us have, have, have ever been able to, to say that with all honesty? Because essentially, worry doesn't really change anything. Right? And how many of us get, get angry with the person that says, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to worry if it happens. How many of us get frustrated with that person? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, you know? But it, does, it doesn't honestly change anything. Right? To, to, to be worried. The second thing about it, and Jesus recognizes this because we're going to push forward in, in a minute with the back. It pushes God aside. It really pushes God aside, right? Because right away, right away, it, it, it takes God out of the equation. Or it pushes God out of the equation. Um, worry is one of those things. I, I, I love... I love how Paul talks about praying, you know, without ceasing. You know, and, I, and, I, and I've said, if you're, if you're able to worry, you're able to pray. Like, that's the transfer that Paul is talking about in that passage. That if you have the, the, the capacity to worry about something, Paul is saying, if you, you know, instead of worrying about it, why don't you pray about it? Why don't you transfer that energy that is going on in your head and give it to God. That's, you know, so when people say, I don't have time to pray, I always say, do you have time to worry? And if you have time to worry, you have time to pray. That's, that's the reality. Uh, the third thing it does, it makes us face tomorrow's crisis with today's resources. That's what it does. You know, you exhaust your energy today about something that has the potential of happening. Uh, I, I think it's, I, I think I've got, yeah, it's Mark, Mark Twain. I love Mark Twain. He, he wrote this, I am an old man and I have known many great troubles in my life, many of which have never happened. <laughs> right? Isn't that what worry does? You know? Uh, you know how much how much how much because we're worried does it elevate the drama in our lives how much right and 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 how many times when you've had somebody come along and say you know can you just 
like put it in perspective? Right? Because a lot of times worry needs perspective. Here's the other thing, the last thing that worry does. Worry cripples our ability to experience peace or joy. Uh, you, you, need, you need to know this, right? Um, uh, I, I struggle with the fact that many believers struggle with peace and joy. Um, you know, and I, and I often wonder if worry isn't the thing that happens in their lives that sort of circumvents their ability to be peaceful about the circumstances that they're in or to have joy about the circumstances that they're in. Because when, when worry is there, it, it, doesn't worry have a way of kind of like fogging up your life? And you, and you no longer see the good things that are happening? You know, I, I, remember, I remember reading in Science Magazine years, years ago, and, and I've, never, I've never followed through to see if, it, if it's true, but I remember the, the, the magazine saying something to the effect that a fog that, that is five city blocks square if you take the water that's in that fog, you can put it into a single cup. Right? You know, and, 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 and a lot, you know, the, the three times I've ever used that illustration, all the science people in the, in the room are going, yeah. Yeah, you know? So it tells me that they're probably right. That it's probably right. But isn't, isn't that a little bit of what, what worry is like? It, you know, this, this one situation and yet it clouds our entire mind our entire mind and we're no longer we're no longer peaceful about the situation that we're in we're no longer joyful about the situation that we're in and because we have this level of worry right and somebody says are are, are you are you happy in your life right and how many of us to answer that question, we would have one thing that we're worried about in life, and suddenly we're not happy. No, you guys don't do that. Right? That one thing doesn't measure your entire existence. You know? Are we happy with our lives? Because worry has this ability to take away peace, take away joy. And you know what? They may be legitimate, these things that have predominate our mind. But I love what, I love what Jesus does here. In this, in the, and here's how he takes this whole you know, topic of worry and anxiety. And look what Jesus does with it in this last part. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Those very things that you worry about. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. <laughs> yeah, that's amen. Like, I, I love reading that last part because, you know, I'm in my office. I read that very last line. I go, yeah, absolutely. Like, like duh. We all know that. Tomorrow is, is enough trouble. And, and why, why do we park ourselves into tomorrow? Right? Today has enough trouble for today. Which kind of implies that, that Jesus, 
just, just my thought, but it, 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 it kind of implies that Jesus says, if you're going to worry, worry in the moment right now. That this is, this is what should concern you. That if you're going to exhaust yourself, at least with worrying, right? At least make it very near, you know, in a time frame, like this moment. Don't, don't be projecting to yesterday. Don't be projecting to tomorrow and all that stuff. Today's got enough issues. Learn to deal with them. And if you're going to worry, park it in prayer, right? And take care of it right now. Because that's, that's what's really important. Um, because this is, this is the antidote to fear, worry, anxiety, is, is the seeking the kingdom of God first. That, that whatever you're chasing in life, that the first priority of your life is to seek this kingdom of God. Seek, seek, seek the things of God. And remember what we said at the very beginning, what the two big questions of life is just a test, what, what would the two questions be? And, and they would be, what do you worship and how do you love? Right? And Jesus answers both those questions in this particular passage. What do you worship? You know, seek the kingdom of God first. That in everything you do, no matter what it is, in anything that is happening in your life, that the kingdom of God is the, is the first priority. The glory of God is the first priority. That, you, that, that, that what you seek in your life is to be a person that lives the principles and the kingdom fully in your life, right? And to live righteously or his righteousness. Now, and remember what we said, it's how you love. See, if you, if you seek the kingdom of God first, if you seek the priorities of God first, if you seek what's important to God, what will give him honor and glory, if you will shape your life in that particular way, how you love is determined by that. All rats. I mean, I gotta care. I gotta have compassion. I gotta be different. Right? You know, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. And God will give you everything you need. That's you know, it's, it's very important, the, the, the perspective and the frame in which we live our lives. That when we seek the kingdom of God first, then we put his priorities ahead of ours, right? That Jesus actually says that God will give us everything that we need. And the very things that we worry about, the very things that drive us, the very things that would concern us and, and maybe cause us not to see God in the situation or the circumstances are the very areas that God is going to supply and the very areas that God is going to fulfill our needs and satisfy our needs. And sometimes we got it backwards. Sometimes we say, you know, if I do all this stuff, God will bless it. God will make it right and all this kind of... But Jesus says it's the other way around. That whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation, if you seek God first, that somehow... God makes it work. God makes it okay. God gives you what you need. God answers the, 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 the concerns and the worries of your heart and mind. And somehow, somehow, we don't always understand how, but God makes it okay. God makes it okay. 
You know, that's the great paradox. You know, even, even in the Gospel of John, John says this. Those, Jesus says this, actually. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. What? Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Remember we said, what, what if life was nothing more than a test? What if life is pointing to something? What if the experiences of life are meant to direct us in a, in a, in a, in a way that would make evident that we should be seeking something greater than ourselves and seeking the kingdom of God first. You know, a lot of us in, a lot of us in our culture and our society are afraid of those questions. I, I think are afraid, you know, and, and when I interact with people, especially people who are not in the church, if I start asking them about the big what-if questions, it kind of scares them. Or they already have an answer. Well, I don't care about that because it's not important. What do you mean it's not important? What if all your life is just, you know, do you really think life is just about getting up, going to work, just about making supper? Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, do you think it's just about that? Or is there something much more to life? And what if, what if, what if God has given us direction about what if? Okay. I thought I would I thought I would close out this morning because that's a pretty heavy question. And I thought just to add some levity to uh the message this morning, I, I would I would um I, I I would give you some questions that were asked um by tourists in um uh, Banff and uh at the Parks Canada kiosk. And I think, I think you'll appreciate some of the questions that were asked. This is very lighthearted, okay? But this was actually, these are actually questions that were asked at the Canada Parks kiosks out west um, of tourists that were coming to Canada Parks. Here's, here's the first one. How do the elk know they're supposed to cross at the elk crossing signs? These, these are real, real, real questions, okay? These are real questions. At what elevation does an elk become a moose? Are there birds in Canada? What's the best way to see Canada in a day? When we entered British Columbia, did we have to convert our money to British pounds? Where can I buy a raccoon hat? All Canadians own one, don't they? I love this one. So, it's eight kilometers away. What's that in miles? Is that in miles? Unbelievable. This no. This is this is really my next favorite one. Where can I get my husband really, really lost? <laughs> <laughs> On, yeah, real, real questions. 
This is my this is my old, this is my all time fra- favorite. Okay, is it okay to keep an open bag of bacon on the picnic table, or should I store it in my tent? Okay. That's right. <laughs> that's that's right. Now, now. That that was okay. That that was a little lighthearted, right? You know. But the real questions that people were asking, real questions. And, and, and I, I was struck when I read that because how many, how many of those same people are asking the really important question? What if? What if life is much more than just the daily grind? And what if it's all about, what if, what if life is this test of seeking the kingdom of God first? And his righteousness. And what difference would it make if we lived that way? What if we lived that way? What difference would it make? I I pray this morning that as we ponder the what if questions, that the priorities of our lives would really center around God's priorities. And the difference it would make with the promise that Jesus makes that if we seek him first and his righteousness, that the things that cloud our minds and the worry that consumes us would evaporate as we watch God answer our needs and our prayers because we've committed ourselves to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this uh, wonderful passage where Jesus takes something that many of us can be guilty of, worrying, having anxiety about the things of life, and yet what a difference it can make when Jesus just so simply admonishes us to seek the kingdom of God first, that those very anxieties and worries that consume our lives get transferred into the caring hand of our Heavenly Father. And what a difference life would be, what a difference it would make if we lived in that zone and what would it do for our faith as we watch God work, transform, and change our circumstances in such a way that they may not disappear, but certainly we would be given peace and joy because we have been changed. So, Father, we thank you. We pray your blessing upon this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.